for Nintendo to still be doing that in a in a game like that in 2020s, I don't know, <laughs> unacceptable in my eyes. But <laughs> hello and welcome to the Scottish Games Network podcast. I'm your host Ryan. Well. At least for this week, I've been away from the show for a wee while, and I've come back to do a wee interview with friend of the show, Ali Lowe. Unfortunately, I'm back with a bit of a fizzle, not a bang. At the time that we recorded this, I'm a little bit ill. I've tried to edit out sniffles and, you know, odds and ends, but it still kind of shows up. That's nothing to do with Ali. If anything, I couldn't have asked for a better guest because he carries this episode. He's an all-round great guy and it was awesome to have him back on the show. But without further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself because no one's going to do it better than him. And I'll see you guys at the end of the episode. So we're joined by Ali. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing really good, yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, no problem. Uh, long time no see. It's been a while since we had had you on the show. I think the last time <laughs> yeah. we had you was... a. Uh, just before the Playaway Festival. Oh yeah, that was a while, actually. <laughs> yeah, it feels like, to me, it feels like it was only a week ago, and then I think about it, and I'm like, oh no, that was like April. Wait, no. Oh yeah. It was no, April? it was February or something. February, like Jesus, wow. <laughs> that was a wee while ago. So, um, tell you what, why don't we start off by just speaking about the Playaway Festival and what you did there, you know, because that was quite exciting. Yeah, I suppose it was before that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. It was a good panel I was on, uh, some good talks. And yeah, people seemed really responsive to the the talk of dyslectic, which, yeah, was what I was wanting to happen. <laughs> uh, got a little bit of buzz for it. You know, I've just thought uh, some of our listeners might not have heard, uh, heard that episode. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Cool, yeah. Uh, I'm Ali Lowe. I run Low Tech Games. It's a game studio primarily focused at making dyslexia-friendly, accessible games and tools for developers. And one of the things that the main tool is Dyslextech, and that's uh, a thing that yeah, allows developers to add dyslexia-friendly text-to-speech options to their game. Uh, and it, it's a Unity plugin. Uh, and it's live now on the store, if people want to try it. And it's uh, getting iOS support soon. It's ready. I just need to double-check it, uh, make sure there's no bugs and... I submitted to the store. That's awesome. That's really cool. Uh, I was unaware of the the mobile applications to that. It's awesome. Um, so you mentioned low tech games earlier. Do you want like, do you want to maybe tell everyone your previous projects and how that came about? Because it's it's a fairly recent development. Was it last year you started? Yeah, last year like properly uh, started the business and stuff. Like I'd had low tech games the name for ages because I'm Ali Low. Uh, and I'd, yeah, I like to play on words of that. I was doing high tech things, but it was in making it low tech. But the, the actual company started to launch the f- familiar fairy tale, and then yeah, actually incorporated or whatever. Like <laughs> filed with company's house like a, a couple months after that, uh, after the, the success of Flea on Kickstarter. I'd been wanting to run a Kickstarter for ages. Didn't know what, uh, but I was yeah, I was working on a, an NES game and saw the market potential for that. Uh, other Kickstarters seem to be doing pretty well in that sector, so I did that, yeah. <laughs> and then Tapeworm, after that, after the success of the uh, Flea, we shipped that on time. Everybody seems to like it. Uh, there's not been a bad review so far. Yeah, and then tape, Tapeworm is a thing about a, a, a worm living inside a cassette tape. It was a spin-off from Flea, one of the characters. It was a fan favourite from, from the beginning. Uh, and yeah, I had an idea for a cool little puzzle game. I don't want to make the same game twice. Uh, so <laughs> different genres every time all that low tech's kind of yeah just me exploring my ideas uh, in, in some time during the pandemic where 
after quitting my job, uh, give myself some time to, to do some cool stuff. Uh, and then I suppose uh, Bolam Down recently. I mean, you might have that bring that up later anyway. But the yeah, that came out. I don't know last year on Android and then recently on iOS. Uh, and the the idea behind that was something that I had in high school it was about a, yeah, a bowling ball running down a. A lane. I was going to make it an animation at first, uh, like lots of pins shouting and stuff. But uh, everybody must be screaming. All the inanimate objects in that in that situation must be screaming. Uh -huh. But then I also had a, an idea of while playing the impossible game. Uh, I don't know if you know it. Like it's kind of, uh, Geometry Dash is a clone of that game, uh, and I wanted a, a way that that you got rewarded for your vocal bursts after dying. So I was like, I, I want to be able to like if I if I die if I scream at it. I'll, I'll get another go or like be able to continue where I left off uh, and so I, yeah I realized both the ideas were about screaming so I, I kind of mashed those together and made Bolam Down Bolam Down was actually yeah there's so many cool things about Bolam Down of like uh, it was just me testing uh, tech I wanted to test out uh, Bolt visual scripting in Unity uh, yeah so I, I made it in a couple of weeks I think uh, that was me learning Bolt visual scripting from scratch and I also wanted to learn, well, publish to iOS, which did take longer than I thought because my Mac's really slow to build and I just couldn't be bothered with it. And there was other things to do. Uh, and getting, not leaderboards yet, but that's on, on the to-do list. Uh, but we did get uh, adverts in as well, which I wanted to test as a how to do this as a kind of revenue thing. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned Flea and Tapeworm Disco Puzzle. Now, where mm -hmm. did the idea come from to do that sort of very retro thing? Because it's not just like a retro design, but you play it on like Steam, and despite they are they are available on Steam, you 3D print like NES cartridges so you can actually play the game on a <laughs> NES. Or I think Flea also came to Dreamcast and Game yep. Boy as well. Was it? Uh, it's coming to Game Boy. Ah, it's not it's there coming yet. to Game Boy. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. what inspired that? Again, Flea was another one that I'd had an idea for a, a while ago, and I just had the retro aesthetic uh, on iOS or, or on mobile. Uh, the control system was different, but the, the, the constant jumping was was a feature. Yes, I started using this tool called NestMaker, which which is really good. It lets you make NES games reasonably easily. There's still a lot of uh, code fiddling and stuff, but uh, the, the actual editor is really nice. Uh, so I'd used that, and I was just... I was looking for ideas that I could make using that tool, uh, and yeah, Flea was one of the ones I was like, this this would fit well. It, it's already got a retro aesthetic, and it'd be amazing to make a, a, an actual NES game. And then the Dreamcast stuff came because a friend at high school gave me a, a like a burned disc of an emulator that ran on Dreamcast. Uh, so I had in the back of my mind like it's possible to play NES games on Dreamcast. Uh, so I looked it up, and it's an open source project. Uh, I paid someone to. To modify it so that it was a, a slightly more better user experience uh, and added a little picture to the vmu uh, of the flea and stuff and then yeah i made that open source that's dreamcast nest to dreamcast on my itch page if anybody wants to use it uh, i think there's a couple of people say that they're going to use it in their kickstarters and stuff since i've released it but no one has actually did it yet <laughs> i think i'm the only one but yeah they, they should because the dreamcast uh see the price to produce it is so much less and i've seen so many more sales than the nest one just because of the actual like the base price to the end user yeah like it's just a, a more accessible console to have than the the nest which is a bit of a collector's item now although there are a lot of like new clone consoles out for the nest now some of them are a bit pricey and stuff but i do recommend the the retron hd is my favorite one of the, the hdmi output ones 
Perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, if when this episode goes live, if I've forgotten to put a link to the Retron HD in the show notes, <laughs> shout at me and I will do it. Because, yeah, we need to get on that. I need to start, you know, linking things in the show notes more often. It's <laughs> definitely something that I, I don't do enough of. Um, but, yeah, so I was going to ask what have you been up to, but, I mean, I think we've A, covered it, and B, like... It's a massive, massive list, so I reckon if I do ask that question, we're probably going to be here all day, but is there anything else that you haven't told anyone that you're working on? Oh, secret stuff. Uh, I've been a bit secretive about the the future of low-tech and yeah, what projects relating to dyslectic, I suppose. Uh, and that's kind of because I'm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple ideas that, that might work. We've got FleaHD in the works, which does have like some text in it, so I could incorporate dyslectic into that. Yeah, I think that the, the focus next is going to be working on games that can highlight dyslectic, uh, so that it's got like yeah games to show it off, so that other other developers will come on board. Uh, so there's where Time Tom, which was one I, I made about like uh, metal detecting at a game jam with a, a friend, and yeah, it was actually it was him that actually did the the Mac and iOS ports of dyslectic as well. Uh, so it's been quite good working with him. So yeah, make a game about that, and I'm, I'm going to put more text in it than I usually would to show off the tool. Yeah, and another one, possibly uh, Playhead, which is a, a, a time-based puzzle platformer where you play inside a, a YouTube player. It's it's weird to des- describe, but like when you see it, you'll you'll get it. Uh, and there's some cool things you can do with like jumping around the timeline and stuff. So that that's been a prototype that I've been wanting to do for a while, uh, and I think. In the next six months, we might develop that a bit further as well. Sounds really cool. Do you know, there is one thing that you've neglected to mention uh, that you've been up to since last time we, met, uh, we spoke to you. And that's obviously the most important thing. It's your April Fool's. Uh, oh, the cross-stitch stuff. <laughs> yeah, the cross-stitch doom. How did that come about? Like, you know, tell us a wee bit about it. Well, I'd been wanting to do cross stitch thing again for absolute ages I, I like the idea of like seeing the stitches animate in and out and i couldn't find anybody else that did that like online uh, i downloaded lots of uh, cross stitch apps and stuff to see what what the space was like but none of them yeah did what i wanted at all they were all just kind of like uh, coloring in type things and then because i installed all of those i kept getting push notifications of like cross stitch things and that kind of pushed me to be like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do this. Yeah, and, and yeah, talking to people about it got me like, excited. Uh, so I, I wanted to make the editor at least that could build, like, well, to test to see if, if it looked cool in the first place. Uh, so I've got that in Unity, and yeah, just built it up. It, it works. It's not the best. Like, if, if you showed it to a coder, they would absolutely hate it. it it's more like a like a piano roll the way I've set it up, uh, and it, pixels get stuck and stuff all the time. Uh, but but yeah, it's, it's, it's been an idea I wanted to do for a while. Uh, and that was the digital side of things. And I made some cool animations. Uh, then I was like, wait a minute, can you can you do this physically? Is there a way to do this physically? And then I got out like the connect set and some string and some bits of paper and stuff and figured out, yeah, if you, if you do this, uh, you can actually, you can make it look like it's animating. And it's, it's technically, it's just changing the color of a part of a string, but it looks like it's animating. Uh, so yeah, made the made one of them, made a one by one, well, <laughs> one X. Like, cool, this this will work. Uh, scaled it up to the two by two. That uh, is the only working prototype at the moment. Uh, and then, yeah, I always like doing something for April Fools, uh, and that was 
it seemed harmless. <laughs> uh, whereas other things, yeah, people, if I said I was like bringing tapeworm to the, the spectrum or something, people would actually expect that from me. So, <laughs> so I thought, yeah, this this would this uh, a funner one, and it's kind of could bring the two things I was doing together. But annoyingly, it's 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 shot myself in the foot a little bit with it because uh, so many people have asked to do like articles and stuff on it that don't realise that it's an April Fools. Uh, like it's the tech is there, but it's, it, I've not actually made the big one yet. Uh, this is a an audio podcast, isn't it? There's no visuals. Yeah. Because I do have I do have my uh, bigger box over there. That's I've got a two by five set up ish. Uh, <laughs> so we're we're working on a five by five, but not there quite yet. Something to follow you on TikTok to keep track of then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've not done a TikTok in a while actually. I need to do that again. Oh, and well. yeah, that, that that TikTok absolutely exploded. Then yeah, I got got a, a bit more things on TikTok, and it's weird because you can see like. All the videos around that in your feeds kind of like boosted numbers and then the ones down the bottom again just trickle out but <laughs> you can probably just see it like uh, yeah the numbers around that are bigger and then smaller again yeah it was mad the amount of views you got like on the day you uploaded it on april 1st i think i i wrote the article like we sort of teamed up to uh yeah do this and admittedly it was all you i just sort of wrote up about it um but yeah, we wrote the article about how you'd animated Doom and cross-stitch and then later on in the day I was like, right, we'll have to write a follow-up article just saying April Fools, you know, it's not actually... Yeah, but I never, never knew when to like actually post it because like it's an international thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, when I wrote the follow-up, I checked the view count and it was like in the... I think it was... Did it touch over 100,000? Was that right? I, uh, well, views, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I always do it by likes because like people can view it and just pass it. But uh, but yeah, it was I don't know thirty four thousand likes or something on the first day, and then it's up to fifty four or something now. So jeez, it's mad. Cool. And but people know, want it. Yeah, it's really annoying. I need to like start working on these projects again. That uh, uh, my more physical things seem to be more viral than than the other stuff I'm working on. But they're they're harder to actually achieve. The, the same happened with that uh, the pop up book thing. I don't, don't know. The users probably haven't heard of that. Like. A game jam a couple of years ago, we made a, a pop-up book projection mapped thing. It's like the the pin post on my Twitter. If anybody goes to it, uh, so that was a really cool thing. It detected uh, what page you were on with a little webcam. And that, well, that's another weird point of like the time changing. Buying a webcam back then was absolutely impossible because no one was looking for them. Whereas now, like, yeah, everybody's looking for them, but <laughs> it's it's just so weird. Yeah, and you can buy them for different reasons because yeah, everybody's buying them up. But <laughs> very true. Uh, but like that that Doom uh, TikTok, even Bethesda shared it. Like it <laughs> yeah. went massive. It was insane. Like I was so chuffed for you when I saw those numbers climbing, climbing. It was brilliant. Yeah, I just wondered. Yeah, did they know? Like they they must have known that it was another thing. I know they like the like it's played on a pregnancy test and all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, this could go good. <laughs> Yeah, no, like definitely. It's just it was a wee bit. It was just insane just seeing the numbers climb throughout the day. But to get it us... was the people that thought that I was like I, that I did actually do it. <laughs> was it was a bit sad to say to them, "Oh, sorry, yeah, I didn't actually. That's not done." Because you know, there were people were ready to like defend me in the the comments and stuff, and then were absolutely appalled when I told them that it was 
it was that just an April Fool's. But they should know. They, they know what I'm like. I always try to do something for April Fool's. <laughs> like it was, it's a testament to your work ethic and just sort of like how highly people think of you. Because I saw multiple comments on both our like our Facebook group, like the Scottish Games Network Facebook group, and like on your tweet, and I think even in the comments of that TikTok of people saying if it was literally anyone else saying yeah. this given the day it wouldn't be true but it's Ali so I believe it <laughs> you know yeah. so it was... much blind faith in me <laughs> oh, you've earned it though you've definitely <laughs> earned it uh, but let's let's get back on track and talk about like slightly more serious matters something like you know what you've been up to you mentioned Dyslectic earlier uh, yeah. how did that come about sort of yeah like you've already explained what it is but yeah how did it come about and what were the sort of challenges and stuff you faced while you were trying to make it? Yeah, dyslectic. See, it was, I, I've been dyslexic forever, uh, and it's been very hard like playing games with dyslexia. Uh, so I made the a familiar fairy tale t- to show off what it's like to be dyslexic, uh, and then I had, I had to come up with a solution to the thing. I couldn't just put that out and say, here's the problem, go deal with it. Uh, so yeah. I think I had a, a, a drunk epiphany one night in the pub, back when we can go to the pubs, and I was rambling to all my friends like, "This is this is my meaning. This is why <laughs> why I'm here to make uh, games more accessible for dyslexic people." And yeah, then I heard that there was a voucher scheme thing. I, like, I did try to uh, build this myself in the first place, uh, just pulling bits together and kind of got something working, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good at all. Uh, and yeah, I wouldn't want to give it to people to put in their games is the, is the difference. Uh, so yeah, Endgame uh, accepted my proposal to do this thing. They uh, helped make the, the Windows-based version of the, the tool. And that was really good work on those guys, really good guys. And then, yeah, from there, it did take longer than we thought, I think, because the, the pandemic like happened just at the start of that as well. Uh, so the, the timeline got a bit uh, skewed. But we it's out now and it's getting more platforms added all the time uh, android's the next one to get tackled then there's a few like usability bugs that people have brought up uh, that will get sorted after that and then i don't know where it's going after that more platforms or yeah just more more features maybe looking at any more more disabilities maybe i've got some chats with some uh, people representing blind uh, gamers coming up uh, with the beyond games festival today we'll see see how that goes it's awesome that's really cool and definitely worthwhile like the more the more accessible games can be the more sort of accepted they are like within sort of society and within culture of like yeah like they are for everyone which is perfect and amazing like it's great to see someone doing that and there's there's some games like recently i got a pokemon snap and i absolutely loved the game on the, the n64 and then this new Pokemon Snap, it, it, one of the first things it asked me was, do you want uh, English voice acting? And I was like, oh my God, yes, please. Has Nintendo finally did uh, voice acting properly? Uh, no, they, they didn't. It was the, like the first line and then a couple of like cutscenes are, but the rest of it's all text. And I was like, people need that. Like Nintendo can't even do this. Like they need, they need my tool. So I, I really hope people do start using it and stuff because uh, I don't know for Nintendo to still be doing that in a in a game like that in 2020s uh, I don't know <laughs> unacceptable in my eyes but <laughs> yeah and I suppose that like the main takeaway is this came to you 
in a pub, and that is where all <laughs> all good ideas start in the pub after <laughs> a good few drinks. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, moving on to another thing that you've been sort of in our headlines for since the last time we spoke to you. You mentioned your new game, Bowl Them Down, your first uh, iOS and Android release for low tech. Uh, like, do you want to tell us? You mentioned I think Andrew wrote that piece, and when they spoke to you. They said that you you were inspired by the fact that bowling balls have a horrific life, and so yeah. they must always be screaming. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and where the inspiration came from that? Yeah, so as I said earlier, uh, it was the idea of the bowling balls like screaming down the aisle was something I came up for uh, with in a animation like class at school. Well, it was like an extra extracurricular like over lunchtime class yeah i scripted out this little animation i was thinking it was gonna be like pixar type thing uh, and then that was kind of when I, I got into blender as well uh which was yeah another big life movement uh but yeah i if if you're a bowling ball and you're going down let's say there's three holes as well i always imagined that was like the two eyes and the mouth i've seen some people do like similar things, but they just put like like add sort of stickers on the balls for the eyes and whatever. But yeah, I thought it was really fitting. And then the I, I like the idea of again uh, like Pixar, like the the pins being like pinheads uh, and like the like the seagulls from uh, Finding Nemo, <laughs> where they're they're just absolutely like like brain dead and like don't have a <laughs> like good memory or something. So they, they they go through this big machine and then get put down and, and then they're all like oh what's going on what's going on and then they just see this ball coming towards them like ah <laughs> so I thought that would be really cool uh, and yeah I just, I just like the idea say, just combined it with a, the idea of screaming like getting louder and louder a bit like the, the game Bogies from uh, what is it uh, the Ant oh, and Deck the other one <laughs> uh, Dick and Dom Dick and Dom Dick and Dom and the Mungalow yeah so I always loved that playing that game at school as well. Uh, so it was weird that they, they just kind of came together. Like I'm I'm, ma- I'm making bogeys the game, uh, but <laughs> I I think I wrote recently that that I'm thanking you for making that game because I just can't wait to be standing at a bus stop, waiting for you know waiting for the bus to arrive, and someone's playing bowl them down next to me. I can't and, wait for that day too. <laughs> just you know, out of nowhere, it's ah, <laughs> it's just mm. the best thing. It's just it. Like I said in the video, it's pure comedy gold. It's fantastic, and I cannot wait for it. You know. Yeah. I had fir- to get a, a train the other day, and I was like, I have to take the the thing here to like film myself screaming on the train. <laughs> but I, I chickened out and just like, like I had my mask on because you have to on the trains. Uh, so I just made it look like I was screaming and I'm going to superimpose it on afterwards, but there's a little bit of behind the scenes on when that video goes live. <laughs> there we go. Uh, so Ali Lowe, games designer, you know, <laughs> tool creator and special effects artist. You know, is there an end to your talents? That's the real question. Yeah, I can't read. So. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's where Dyslectic came from. Yeah, like that was, there was quite an obvious answer to that, I suppose. Um... So, yeah, like, just just to go back to the fact that you're so busy, like, it seems all the time you're posting about new projects and new things, like, every time I see you, like, post to Twitter, I'm like, when does he have the time to do this? <laughs> so, like, is that something you like doing? Do you like juggling multiple projects at the same time? Is, like, is that something you've always done, or is it just a lockdown thing to, like, kill the time because you can't go out and do other things? 
Nah, I think it's something I've always did. I always like lots of little projects and I get bored very easily, which is again why I, I quit the, the job because like it was one long project for quite a yeah a very long time. Uh, and I just wanted to do some more creative stuff on this, like like spend more time on more creative stuff and yeah, explore some of these ideas. But annoyingly, yeah, when you when you get into the production of things, then you end up spending more time on projects. But, but I, th- I think I've still got a, a nice cadence of releasing like a few things. Yeah, because we've been going less for less than a year now and we've already got quite a few games out. And yeah, Tapeworm is basically done. Uh, we're just beta testing at the moment. Uh, so I think that might actually come out uh, ahead of schedule, which would be nice. But yeah, uh, don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are ahead of schedule at the moment. Yeah, it's just it, I'm doing the, the the print stuff, which again might take might take the time because I need to get that proofread because I'm very dyslexic. So. <laughs> like we said earlier, low tech haven't been around for like a long time, re- like relatively speaking, compared to some of the the studios that we hear of, like we sort of speak about regularly. But yeah, there like you you've released a familiar fairy tale, flea. Tapeworm Disco Puzzle is playable on Itch.io and it's coming out. And yeah, you've also got Bolum Down that's just come out. Like, like, yeah, that is so massive compared to for the amount of time that you've actually been around. And I think that's that's sort of why low-tech's constantly being sort of like brought up when you're speaking about indies in Scotland and you know within the Dundee cluster as well you you guys just work incredibly hard yeah it's just based on boredom I think yeah but it also means that yeah some sometimes things do get pushed around like uh, a couple months ago that uh, we were working on the the Flea HD port and tapeworm and I was trying to do time tom and tape yeah tape, a few things all at once and the, the cross stitch stuff I was like, oh, maybe I should uh, park a couple of these projects and uh, focus on finishing off Tapeworm. And that's kind of where I am now. The Tapeworm and Dislike Tech, I suppose. Uh, yeah, so so sometimes you need to reel it back. But <laughs> but I do like uh, working on new things. And as always, there's always new things. I'm like, oh, what, what about this? Can I go do this? Should I make a VR game? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, I think I want a first-person version of Flea where everything's really pixely oh. <laughs> but 3D and I can play it in VR because I can guarantee motion sickness would happen with the constant jumping. That would jumping. definitely happen. That would be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm setting a challenge now. You know, you've at <laughs> yeah. least got to make a demo. <laughs> Don't tell me. I, yeah, I want to do it now. Uh, yeah, because I've been uh, playing with VR like since Google Cardboard. Like the first day it got announced was at a game jam, and I was like, "Oh, let's let's go make a Google Cardboard," because uh, they they released the, the plans or whatever. The only hard bit was like the optics to get. Uh, so I ran around all the uh, the pound shops in in Dundee, and was like, "Do they have any anything I can use as the, the, the lenses?" And there was like glasses repair kits that came with one little magnifying glass, and yeah, it turns out those were the exact right focal length to get your phone in focus on the Google Cardboard. So I, I made a Google Cardboard for like, I don't know, it was two quid because <laughs> <laughs> and and a, and a spare pizza box. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing about it since then, and uh, I, I really like that, like playing in VR and playing about with it. And because of that, I I think I'm attuned to not getting motion sick because of like how bad this this stuff was in the beginning. Like my phone was horrible. Like the, the screen resolution was so bad. Uh, and we we made one game where uh, it was like connect motion tracked that game jam 
uh, and it uh, streamed to a to your Android phone, and it was a two-player shooting game. And this was before any of the other like body tracking stuff. We're like, this this is cutting-edge stuff, but we yeah we're doing it on the like, absolute budget. Uh, and there was, there was one point where uh, we, we'd configured it wrong, so uh, the connect was set to mirrored mode. So if you moved your head like this, it would move it like that. Uh, so I was fine with that. I was like, oh, this is weird. And then my, uh, my the guy who was working with uh, was almost like sick in a bin with how bad like the motion sick was with it. I was like, okay, I, I must not be that <laughs> in tune with <laughs> with motion sickness for this. So you managed to invert the le- uh, invert the X axis in, <laughs> in a motion controlled video game. That is quite impressive in and of itself, you know. <laughs> and going back to you making a Google cardboard out of a pizza box. A, that's just impressive, and B, it must have smelled a lot better than a regular Google Cardboard. <laughs> yeah, it might do. Yeah, we used the top, so there wasn't any grease on it. But Mmm, <laughs> yeah. marinara sauce. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what what is next for Ali Low and Low Tech Games? Uh, like, what's sort of plans for the future? Games that show off to Slack Tech is probably, should be the main focus. Uh, I'll probably get distracted by things along the way, but uh, I... Say that uh, there are these like viral things that I've kind of got at my fingertips to to expand upon as well. So I might it's completely out of the uh, <laughs> the business scope or whatever at the moment. But I might uh, do something with the the pop up projection or the cross stitch stuff. Uh, we'll see how it goes. There's still kind of the hobby projects on the side at the moment. Uh, but yeah, I might do some funding applications for those to see if someone can make that a reality because yeah I don't, I don't have the budget for that at the moment uh, but, but it'd be quite cool like I was thinking about doing a, a massive like pop-up installation kind of you know, paying homage to the the one in the, the V&A the, the massive pop-up book in there that was great I'm, I'm a massive pop-up book fan not a fan of pop-up books that are massive uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah while you're here do you want to promote anything do you want to like push people in the direction of your TikTok your Twitter your website yeah, just uh, Twitter's the best, uh, at Wallmaster on Twitter. Uh, and if you're a game developer and you want to be more accessible, uh, go download the Slack Tech and try it out in your game because, yeah, it, we need to get it in more games, uh, get it in front of more eyes, and then and then hopefully it'll just snowball and that'll be good. Yeah, because it's currently available, uh, Dislike Tech, it's currently available on the Unity Asset Store, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Unity Asset Store, Dis- Dislike Tech. And yeah, you deliberately made that quite easy to to use because it's just like drag and drop essentially, isn't it? You should add it to your game's files and that's it done. Yep, yep. It's meant to have the the least barrier to entry. Like you're supposed to be able to add it at the end of a project. Uh, And it's it's not as like ingrained into your game as other solutions might be, but it's it's designed to, to work on everything and work like universally. Like the controls will be the same between games. So hopefully... When it if it gets bigger, uh, people will know how to interact with it, and it'll, yeah, it'll be the same between games. That, that's awesome. So yeah, uh, thank you very much for joining us, and hopefully you can get back on the show more regularly. So you're, we're not <laughs> waiting like four months or whatever it is in between three months in between appearances, because it's. Oh, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, perfect. You're, you've said it on air now, so we've got you to it. We've got you to write. Uh, you know? We'll see what the viewers say. They, they might have had too much of me. <laughs> ah, I don't think that's possible, especially not when you make that VR flee, because everyone's going. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much, pal, and I'll uh, I'll see you 
see you when I see you. Hopefully soon, but your busy schedule will keep you away, I'd imagine. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we'll see each other soon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was our interview with Ali Lowe of Low Tech Games. Now Thank you, Ali, for joining us. It was awesome to have you around, and I was being 100% serious when I said that we'd want you back. It's always a pleasure. And if you guys want to see Ali back, then feel free to go follow him on Twitter and let him know how awesome it is when he's here. And we shall see you guys on the SGM podcast, same time, same place, next week. <laughs>